This episode is brought to you by Challengers Comics and Conversation. Go to challengerscomics.com and start the conversation now. Daniel's Law LLC in Georgia. Visit dlawllc.com. Kerberos Productions. The minds behind the games enter the pit and kaiju a go-go. Search for Kerberos, K-E-R-B-E-R-O-S, on Steam, or go to kerberos-productions.com to check out their growing catalog of titles. Hey there and happy Monday, fellow conductors of the metaphysical, and welcome to the interdimensional crossword for the week of August 15th, 2016. This week on the show, we're talking about that article that lit the world on fire. You know the one, that whole thing about $70 million lost. We're going to dissect that and talk about several things about that article. Also, I'm pretty fired up in this episode, so a little overmodulation is happening. I'm sorry. Still playing with toys.net presents... The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. Stop free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. Oh, we have fun! Woo! So you uh, you listened to the audiobook? How was that? I've, I'm I haven't still listened listening to the audiobook. Yet. I'm still listening to it. You're still listening to it's, it. It's just under six hours. It's quite a bit of listening. Oh, that's good. And with multiple voices, like how do they do the ghost from our past uh, writer voices? Like, is there like an Aaron Gilbert voice and an Abby yeah, Yates voice? And exactly. There's three. There's kind of oh boy, if I wasn't so lazy, but you are lazy. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> um, there's the uh, kind of let's put it as narrator, uh, male okay. actor, and he covers like uh, Heiss's, uh prologue, for example. Sure. Sure. Uh, and yeah, then they have two actresses that cover Abby and um, and Aaron. And have you gotten to uh, the rap yet that that Andrew is no. telling us about, or no? Okay, no, not yet. Uh, there's a couple of bits which are amusing because they actually do uh, outline it as like uh, uh, if this was the book book, there'd be like notations to sh- like there's stuff we'd have to show right. you, but yeah, but it's not. We can't do it in audiobook, so go buy the book. Is that that's uh, what they say? They're like, just go buy yeah, the book. Just go buy the book. <laughs> Uh, well, that's that's good. I, I have to pick it up. I need to because I've been. I wanted to reread the book itself, but then once the audiobook came out, and after Andrew told us that the voices were doing, you know, special things, and they were doing the rap, and yeah, now that you've They're told me that good. they make jokes about it, yeah, it's funny. The the actresses are almost interchangeable, and I don't mean that the, like they they sound the same. What I mean is, is I could hear them doing either role. Oh, okay. Like, the way they pick them, the one who does Abby and the one who dare, Aaron, does Aaron is fine. But it's almost like the pitches aren't how I... Like, the, the pitch of their voice is not quite the way I... like. Yeah, they're not I, quite I, Melissa I, McCarthy and not quite exactly. Kristen Wiig. Exactly. And Wig. in my head, yeah. I can see them almost flipped and doing the same thing. But they, they work great. They're, they, they, they work really, really well. That's right. Yeah, you don't want them doing an imitation, I would imagine, because that would be jarring, no. too, if they're like trying to do a Melissa McCarthy accent and that's not their regular speaking voice. So Yeah, it's it's not quite there. It's kind of there. It's, it works really well. But like I said, the actresses are are nailing it because, of course, yeah. it is some, some weird stuff. And it's funny to... Like, because at its root, and this is to Andrew Schaefer's credit, it's supposed to be a book that we're willing to read, but it's also supposed to be the book that was written by a pair of twenty-year-olds and kind of is supposed to suck. <laughs> so, so it's to, and then, which is one thing to read it yourself, but then have uh, uh, actors read it. 
yeah. and, try to, and try to, you know what I mean, like make it work. So, so all the awkward stiltedy stuff that's in there, actually, they have to they have to perform through with. And it comes out almost even funnier to hear somebody read it. Somebody in, trying so. to read the run-on sentences or the like. I, I oh, caught yeah. myself doing that a couple of times where I'm like, "Wow, that was a clunky sentence." Oh yeah, it was written by a bunch of like you know 19 year olds in there. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, was, it was pretty funny. Oh man, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I gotta do it. I, I listen to a lot of audiobooks and obviously a lot of podcasts. That was the whole inspiration for doing this show uh, on my ridiculous Los Angeles commute. But I yeah. haven't picked it up yet. I need to do that. So um, it's been out for a while, actually. Surprisingly, um, well, it went up like the week after the book came out, right? It was. It yeah. wasn't that long after the book came out. I th- I remember looking about the time the book came out and I couldn't find it. And then I didn't look for the longest time, and there it was. Of course, and then the dates like. Had you looked two days later, uh, yeah. you would have found it, you idiot. I'm you know, the, other, like, the weird thing that I was telling Andrew is when you search for Ghostbusters and iTunes, it, like, Ghost from Our Past doesn't come up. Like, somebody uh, at Simon yeah. & Schuster has to get on that because... There's a small SEO problem there yeah. with, uh, with the way that goes. Because that's something. what I did, too. I just assumed if I put in Ghostbusters, it would pop up. Yeah, it would pop I had up. To put it but not even not even the ebook of Ghost from Our Past comes up. So yeah, that's that's a weird oversight on the publishers. Uh, and, and and I think they were working on it at, at the point that I mentioned it to Andrew. But yeah, um, uh, if you have it, if you anybody has a an Audible account, I imagine imagine the whatever they call it there, that whisper, whatever. Like their, the, the subscription thing? Their... Yeah, where it uh, the subscription gives you both. So you can read the Whisper Sync. Is that what it is? Yes. Oh, is that what it's called? Whisper Sync? That's cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pretend that's what it's sure. called. It's been going for a while now, but you you, you get the both the, I don't want to say hard copy, but that's not it. The print <laughs> the copy. The e-copy, the, the e-print copy. The squiggle copy of the, yeah. the symbol copy of the, uh, <laughs> the old school copy of the book. Uh, and but it keeps track. So as you're going along, you can stop it, and then it, if you go to your audiobook, it picks up where you left off with the book. Oh, that's book. cool. I like yeah. that. That's so a great it's a nice idea. Way to, you read in bed, and then when you go to the car the next morning, it picks up where you oh left off. Oh my god, that's amazing! I yeah. wish I would have known about this years ago. Yeah, it's relatively new. Right. I think it's only a couple of years old. Because, I mean, I've, I've always enjoyed, like, when I was reading the Game of Thrones books that, you know, I'd read a little bit on my phone and then I'd go to my iPad and it would be synced up with the bookmarks and all that stuff. But, yeah, if you can sync up with the audiobook and you can continue in your car, exactly. that's... Exactly. Dude, that's great. All right, well, I'll have well, to... Well, it's, it, yeah, it's their solution to the argument between audiobook versus book. It's like, how why about... not both? Why, it's, yeah, exactly. It's the meme. Why not both? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can have the best of both worlds. Exactly. Um, it's 2016. Right. We can have everything we want. But well, I wish that was the case. But uh, sadly, unfortunately, we can't have everything we want. <laughs> as a lot of people have been learning lately, like no matter what you want, you can't always get it. But uh, hey, that was a fun segue. Um, yeah, you always. <laughs> but you can try sometimes, but you always get what you need. Yeah, you get what you need. Uh, some wise men Sorry. once said that. I think it was Aristotle or somebody. Uh, you just might find <laughs> you get what you need. Uh, and it's funny that they play the political campaigns, but we won't get into that either. Hey, everybody, uh, welcome to the Cross Rip. Uh, if you have not uh, joined us before, we're so glad to have you guys. My name's Troy Benjamin. With me, as always, Mr. Chris Stewart. That's who's on the other end of this line. That's me. That's him. That's that guy. 
Uh, we've got a good old old fashioned episode for you guys. Classic interdimensional cross rip coming up for you. Uh, we're gonna just chat some news. There's actually a pretty big news item that uh, is actually not that big of a news item, but a lot of people are making it a big news item. So that's what we're gonna be focusing a lot of our discussion on today. But uh, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's get into it because this I'm I'm anxious to talk to you about this, Chris. This is I think you and I have. Uh, a couple of different viewpoints on this particular article without spoiling what it is. Uh, so it's it's going to be an interesting discussion. You ready? We do? Okay, sure. Yeah, I bet we do. I bet we do. Let's do it. Hey, guys. Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here if you want to turn your head. I improved beam accuracy by adding plasma shields to RF discharge chamber. I have cryo cooler to reduce helium boil off. And da 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 we got a freaking Faraday cage. Okay, so Chris, the future. We've we've talked about it in, in previous episodes. Those wrist bracelet uh, projector things are not real. Those they are Stop not. Posting Stop posting them to your Facebook. No, I mean as cool as it is that you will have some sort of like a, a GUI on your forearm. No, that's not what's no, going to happen. No, it's not going to. That's happen. not the future. I ended up in friendly conversations with people going, it could totally happen. I was like, yes, if you solve arm hair and not being or being not white. <laughs> now, if I mean, you can a, solve if you can solve those two little problems, sure, technologically problems, we can do problems. this. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people point out like, oh, we have the projection keyboards. I'm like, that's great, but that's a keyboard and it projects onto a desk and not onto your arm and it's not a big interact. Don't just it's yeah. <laughs> That's not Anyways, the future. But anyway, what future so are you talking the future about? I was Max? talking about uh, the yes. return of Cthulhu, <laughs> the return of Cthulhu, uh, the rapture. I'm here to talk Mars, to you about our Lord Mars and in two months. If you've been following <laughs> NASA's uh, uh, releases. Yeah. Two months. It's totally doable. Right. Sure. With the, that engine they trialed. Uh, sure. It's a trial. I haven't been following. Okay. I have not. Obviously none of this is the future you're talking about. No, so no. I lay mean, lay it on me. All right. Well, let's talk about that after we record. Cause that's interesting. I'm, ta- I'm talking about Mars in two months. So whatever you've got had better oh, be good. All right, fine. Important you're talking to the about world. The future of our species <laughs> and not going extinct and getting us off. What of if this you damn got planet what important, <laughs> what is more important than that? Lay it on me, Troy, a ghostbuster sequel, a ghostbuster sequel. Ah, uh, See, you got to put your priorities straight here. This is the problem. I guess but, this is the podcast for that. <laughs> no, this really isn't. But uh, so, okay, The Hollywood Reporter. I'm sure if you threw a rock, you have seen it thanks to the lovely nature of social media and how things get exacerbated the way that they do. But The Hollywood Reporter had an article today talking about the new Ghostbusters movie heading for a loss of $70 million. And that's what everybody picked up on. And. Of course, retweeted and uh, spun and changed and threw out into their social networks and all over the place. I wish they spun it. Uh, Well, yeah, exactly. But so nine nine times out of ten, just to to go where you're headed here, they just reposted it. They just reposted it, or they just read the headline and then commented upon that or editorialized upon that. Or the Hollywood Reporter says, "I was like, so we're not digging down into what they say." All right, no. Well, and here's here's the other thing. I mean, not not to get too far into this, but the Hollywood Reporter, as of late, look. Okay, there used to be. We've talked about this before. There used to be two trades: the Variety and the Hollywood Reporter, and they were the Bible here in Los Angeles. Like, if you woke up in Hollywood every single morning, you had to read these two trade papers to know exactly what your day was going to entail. Because as an intern, that's the first thing you're taught. You get those trades, you read those trades cover to cover, you need to know everything that happens in there. Those days are gone. And the Hollywood Reporter has been playing a lot of, 
I don't like they they love the sort of scintillating headlines and the sort of catty reporting and they love to kind of dig for the weird sort of TMZ dirt and you know this this is now the the news outlet that's reporting that uh, Star Wars Rogue One the director is off the movie and the writer has come in and like Hollywood Reporter loves those kind of articles so we have to disclaim that that's how they spin things now um, but but this article. So for those of you who have not read it, if you just listen to the podcast, God bless you, because I don't know how you do that. But um, the, the article came out and they said, look, the movie came out. It was not the roaring success that they thought it was going to be. Um, when all is said and done, they're expecting there's going to be a $70 million loss with the film based upon the production budget, the marketing budget, all of the expenses that they can't recoup, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the article was based on a lot of hearsay and a lot of unconfirmed sources. And in fact, they even reach out to a Sony representative who comes back and says, no, we're not expecting a loss on this movie. Do you know the merchandising and all of the other revenue streams that we have from this movie? There's not a chance we're going to get a loss on this. Um, but there were a lot of key things in here that I kind of, I kind of latched on to Chris and, and you have to sort of dig through it. You have to kind of like Alan Grant style, like find the bones within the dirt here because I found a few things really interesting about this article. Things like they really love the fact that they can say there's not going to be a new Ghostbuster sequel. They're taking a loss. Look at the negativity bias. Hey, huh? Look, if you're, uh. you, you know that term now. Um, and you've you've got the click. You've seen our ads. Fantastic. Move along. But there's a lot of interesting stuff in here for us, the faithful fan who have been following everything since 1989. Um which I think we should sort of point out. So, but before we kind of get into the details, Chris, you, did you read the entirety of the article? You kind of, as a whole, you said, oh yeah, there's a lot of stuff in here we already knew and it's just a lot of spin. But did you did you read it uh, from, from top to bottom yet? Yes, I did. Okay, you did. All right. And what your, your impressions, because a lot of people have interpreted this as the sky is falling. Oh my God, there's no more Ghostbusters ever. That's That's not how I interpreted it. Did you get that from this article either? No, that's not how I interpret it at all. Um, so the things to walk away with it is, if I understand correctly, uh, $300 million from a Sony insider is break-even. That's their break-even point, if it makes 300 And that's that's box office. That's the other thing that's important here is they're talking $300 million box office dollars. And that's... Uh, but that's from an unnamed source. So, right. okay. We'll just take it at face value that they are talking to somebody inside Sony that knows what the hell they're talking about. Um, and then the other big things to note were that, okay, so then they went and they took a look at the numbers for this past weekend. And then they kind of did their own projection. They did their own magic too on the what the marketing budget is. Right, right. Which nobody has landed a figure value at at That's all. That's a big question. They're taking a big stab in the dark there with the marketing budget. And, and for the sake of their argument, they went high. Sure, uh, sure. And then basically said it's gonna so it's gonna fall at two hundred and. 20 or whatever, 230 is what it's going to, so that's the 70 million short. And yeah. then they go on to, and this is, this is where I just sort of stopped caring about what they said. Uh, <laughs> Cause as you said, I, I, I searched the name of the woman who wrote it. Uh, she's been the writer on every other Ghostbusters article they've had. Yeah. Which have not so, been too kind in the past, no, right? Not yeah. even neutral. Let's, let's be honest yeah. here. They've been, as you put it, uh, 
they've been leaning heavy on the drama of the it's falling from the sky and yeah, burning up. Yeah. Uh, the only other person who writes about it, the Hollywood Reporter, is the guy who covers the China stuff. So he's only popped up a couple of times to talk about, and it'll fail because it's not going to China. He's also <laughs> the guy that said, "Hey, China, is Ghostbusters coming to uh, to to? Uh, what about Ghostbusters in China?" And China says, "No, we probably wouldn't show it here." And he goes. Yeah, end of the world, and Sony has to go. We never even submitted yeah, it. Yeah, like, we, why we haven't is this even a submitted thing? it. Yeah, they said it, um, we don't think it would adhere to our tastes, but I don't know. You know, that's the kind of weird. Yeah, right. So it already kind of puts me on my back foot because I was like, obviously they're looking for the angle, right? Like yeah. they're basically they're seeking out the angle that they want to present. So I'm well, like, great. And yeah, they're seeking out the angle that they want to present, and then they're they're interpreting the so the Sony non comment as a like, well, it, obviously you're correct because we're not commenting on this, but the movie hasn't opened in a lot of big territories yet, so they obviously don't want to comment on something that still hasn't fully run its course at the box office either. That's yeah. That's something really interesting to me that they're like, well, Sony's not commenting on this thing being a flop. And I want to say, but it's still opening in like Japan and all of these big territories that are anxiously awaiting it. Why don't you wait and see what happens? Yeah. And then, then you can start throwing around big terms like that. Ex- but, yeah, exactly. And then the, the rest of the article was stuff we already knew right. presented in an entirely different way. Stuff we've known for a while, even. Yeah. Like the, uh, the, the, the half written, like it's been so long that we knew of the half written script all the way back to March, the half written script for an animated feature. Right. Right. Uh, then we found it about Ecto Force. Uh, and we, Ghost Core has been around since pretty much this, almost the entire two year production run. Sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, has the production company logo at the beginning of the film. So obviously has been around yeah. for long enough, but, but and and, in a couple of places, Ghost Core has even said, look, we're big picture for the IP for the sake of the new movie though. We're kind of standing back a bit and we'll, we'll, we'll talk more when the new movie's over. Yeah. So yeah. all of a sudden it's being spun as movie died, giving it over to Ivan Reitman. Yeah. The guy who was heavily involved in the production of the, the movie, uh, and ghost core is going to say ghost core has been, had their hand on the helm, you know, with everybody else for at least a year and a half. And then this, the sequel squashed. I was like, nobody's really talking about a sequel. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's, you know, I see you and I can talk about that. Uh, but then they're really uh, uh, put it, they're putting their chips down on the animated stuff. I was like, those chips were down. Yeah, already, they're already going to be doing even the before thing. the movie came out, right? But like, the, but the interesting there is some subtext in there that I, I think it would be good if we sort of like we'll step through. I excerpted some of the um, sure the article and then we can kind of step through it. But the other thing that we should sort of mention here is. Chris and I were sounding very defensive right now, but I mean, yes, this movie could have done a lot better in the box office. This is not a runaway smash. And I know a lot of people are saying that it has underperformed and that's, that's entirely true. Uh Um, So we're not, we're not defending that, but you know, the, the spin of the article, I think there's a lot of stuff. um, If you sort of dig under the meniscus here, you're going to, you're going to discover quite a bit here. So let me, let me just pull a few paragraphs out of the article. Um, It starts off, there's sort of a big intro, but Later in the inner uh, in the article, it says, as of August seventh, Ghostbusters has earned just under one hundred and eighty million dollars at the global box office, including one hundred and seventeen million domestic. Now they acknowledge that the film still hasn't opened in a few markets, including France, Japan, and Mexico. 
but box office experts say it will have trouble getting to $225 million despite a hefty net production budget of $144 million plus a big marketing spend. The studio has said break-even even would be $300 million. That's what we were talking about earlier. Now, right. again, this is all, it's all speculation, um, and the, the studio saying that the break-even would be $300 million, that, that sounds about right, but on the high side as well. Um, but this is, this is sort of in light of, there've been a lot of movies underperforming too. So they're also trying to paint a light on this as like, why are these movies not being the big, you know, force awakens smashes that we anticipated them to be. So, um, so they also point out that Sony is hardly alone in suffering from audience rejection of sequels this summer. You know, they're referring to independence day, et cetera, et cetera. But film chief Tom Rothman and his team, along with partner Village Roadshow, had high hopes for launching a live-action Ghostbusters universe, and now they are preparing for steep losses. And then in parentheticals, they say, think 70 million plus, and an uncertain future for the franchise. That's the dire spin they're putting on it. But then they go into talking about the future of the franchise, which doesn't sound dire or uncertain, but... Let's let's get into the hat. That's I, that's the key the key takeaway here. I do want to interject that when I went when I saw the flood coming in, the only, uh, all of them parroted the the Hollywood Reporter uh, article, except for Variety. Right, and Variety's right. confusingly has the headline where it says fifty million dollar loss, which led me to click on it because I was like, okay, where did you come yeah, up? Yeah, you 50? have a different figure. Where did that come from now? Yeah, well, in the middle of the article, it turns out they figure that somebody else said it may be as low as twenty-five million loss. Aha. Okay, so it could be twenty-five. So, it could be seventy. Could be seventy. Could be fifty. Somebody's Who taking knows? a bath. We just don't know how much. Okay. Great. Or how big. Or, or how big. Yeah. So okay. So here's here's where the subtext starts to come in, Chris. And this Actually, is where I don't even. I don't. Sorry, I'm going to interject. I don't even like yeah. the term "take a take a bath." Well, yeah. Like oh, I true. said, we're operating. We're operating in the gray area that where it just turns into corporate financing. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't a flop and it wasn't a runaway success. Again, We're again, in the middle not to, of this not, thing. Yeah, exactly. Not to defend it as some sort of big success, because obviously it's not, but at the same time, nowhere's near a flop either. So yeah. how big of a bath Sony takes on this, hard to say. And even then, whether it matters or not, because like I said, these days things tend to operate at a a bigger picture thing, unless right, it is a catastrophic right. flop, which is what they get of, into. I mean, that's what's yeah. the, the, Sorry, okay, the then, unnamed then Sony source. That's what they get on. into. Yeah. yeah. So, so, okay. So at any rate, so if you skip ahead, they say that Sony won't comment on whether it has banished a sequel to the netherworld. Well, obviously, because again, the original movie hasn't come out globally yet, but they say perhaps tellingly a representative says the studio actively is pursuing an animated ghostbusters feature that could hit theaters in 2019 and an animated TV series, Ghostbusters Ecto Force, which is eyeing an early 2018 bow. They say this like, oh, it's telling that they're not going to be pursuing live action, but this has been in the works since before the movie even came out. This is something that they've exactly. been working on. It's like, reinterpreting this, this is the bridge. what was already known. Right? Yeah, yeah, which we already knew. If but, these oh, things had been announced after the movie had gotten released, then you could read into it why they're talking about not live action, but this stuff came out before that yeah (laughs) yeah i mean just regardless of how the movie would have done these two things were sort of inevitable and already in the works so that's that's what they they interpret this as like look the live action movie failed we're going to do cartoons now no that's not the case at all but at any rate um so here here are the two sentences that you referred to earlier chris that 
I kind of read into a little bit of subtext here, which uh, you and I will talk about. So they say, both are being guided by Ivan Reitman, who firmly is back in charge of the Ghostbusters empire via Ghost Corps, a subsidiary with a mandate to expand the brand across platforms. And then in another parenthetical, they say, it was former Sony film chief Amy Pascal who first embraced Paul Feig's vision for the live-action reboot, not Reitman or Rothman. So let's let's stop there just for a second. Again, this is stuff we already knew. Ghost Corps was set up long ago before like the movie was still in pre-production when Ghost Corps was set up. Right. Um their mandate has always been to expand the brand across platforms. Um here's here's the subtext that I'm reading in in both this quote Chris and then a little bit later in the article. I get the feeling of a little bit of tension between Amy Pascal and Paul Feig and Ivan Reitman and Tom Rothman in terms of direction of the franchise, in terms of direction of the film and just in general, I get a feeling that there was a little bit of butting heads here. And, and the subtext that I'm reading into this is that look, Paul Feig came out, he had his bold vision. He had his, his risk that he took. Um, and it, it it may not have been the huge hotcake seller that we thought it was going to be, but we have plans for this franchise. Um, Ivan Reitman's going to be overseeing all of it. Tom Rothman has, uh, you know, put his stamp of approval on everything that Ivan Reitman and Ghost Corps are doing, including the Ecto Force and the Ghostbusters feature. Um, but what I'm reading into this, Chris, is that Paul Feig is not involved anymore at this point. Like, the, I, I feel like the subtext here, and again, they in another paragraph, they say Paul Feig hasn't said if he's going to return or not. But I, th- this sentence right here tells me Paul Feig and Katie Dippold are done. You know, they're they're sort of like, look, guys, we came out, we gave it the old college try. Uh, you guys, some of us love the movie. I love the hell out of the movie. Um, but things are going to be moving forward and whether or not, um, anything that was in this film is, is a part of that remains to be seen. That's, that's what I'm taking out of these two sentences. How do you, do you, am I reading way too much into this? How do you interpret this? No, cause you and I kind of touched on this before cause about two weeks ago, I'm not sure when the article came out, but remember I was all excited because, Ivan Reitman revealed details about the restructuring of the old Ghostbusters deal into the new Ghost Corps deal. Right. When, when he was, congr- he was thanking Amy Pascal for what she did in terms of brokering that deal. Yeah. That, that article. And we, yeah. And he, so, and just to quickly recap, what it amounted to was five rights holders and everybody had to, to green light before anything moved forward. And that's where all the, uh, looking into, do we have to legally drag Bill Murray, uh, you know, to a desk to get him to read the script and all this sort of thing, because we can't go anywhere without, if he's just not going to pay attention. Right, right. Ivan Reitman restructured in it into, we're all going to make huge chunks of money off of whatever comes now, but we're no longer roadblocks to moving forward. And obviously some amount of him and, and Dan get to grandfather oversee everything to, you know, as kind of keepers of the 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 flame and the spirit and all that and yeah, you and cr- i even creatively then, and monetarily too we, yeah. we mentioned that a couple weeks ago yeah you and i mentioned that that probably uh you know everything we've heard about the the new movie that sounded shaky was first steps of of doing this 
this new deal, right? Like the power all, all of a sudden, you know, the, there were, there was no whistle to blow. There was no veto on the part of Ivan Reitman and, and Dan Aykroyd. Amy Pascal gets, you know, the Feig deal going and there is some back and forth, but in the end, everybody ends up on the same page and the movie comes out and, you know, plans, the, the follow-up steps were already being laid out sort of thing. So yeah. I don't think you're reading too much into it. I think it's kind of stuff we kind of supposed prior to now anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, they do, I mean, immediately following that, they, they quote their studio rep who is nameless, which they also come back to again later, but they say that they're proud of the bold move that Paul Feig made and critics and audiences loved it. You know, they're, they're not, they're not being demeaning toward the film. They're not saying like, look, this was Lone Ranger, Fantastic Four, etc. Like they're not coming out and saying like the guys, nobody liked this movie. It didn't make any money. They're, they're firmly saying like, look, Paul Feig and their team, they put their best foot forward. Um, and then the, the direct quote is it has enlivened a 30 year old brand and put it into the modern zeitgeist. As a result, we have many ideas in the works to further exploit the Ghostbusters universe. That's how I know that that quote is legitimate and from a studio representative close to Sony. That is PR speak from beginning to end. Yeah, that is a (laughs) well-crafted, like, this movie has done its job. It has put the spark back in the franchise, into the intellectual property, and as a result, we can move forward, we can make some more money off of this, we can exploit the Ghostbusters universe for all that it's worth. That's that's what that quote is saying. So that that's how I know that their source is legitimate, even if they're not putting a name to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's this weird sort of I, like the the Paul Feig movie. I don't I don't feel like I feel like it will be a one off in the sense that this movie came out and rebooted the franchise, put it back into the the public consciousness. Um, and, and probably will not have a direct sequel. That's what I'm kind of taking away from this. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, but there are characters like Holtzman and, and situations and things that have resonated so well and so loudly that I have a feeling that bits and pieces of that will be taken and sort of molded into whatever they have for the, the bigger grand scheme of things. It's a, it's a tricky one because there's the whole other hullabaloo and let's just, be honest here the 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 horribly <laughs> overwrought hullabaloo about this movie yeah uh, that we had questions even like prior to the movie coming out uh would anybody return for a sequel after well after you know, the, all of the yeah the, the kind of social media nightmare and yeah the, the shit you know that they what I mean? had to like, go through yeah it's is it worth coming back to put Holtzman on the screen uh, I, I, I mean, the, the, the noble answer would be, uh, yes, absolutely. Given yeah. how many, she's a hero to so many, but at the same time, boy, the, you know, they're human beings, right? It's well, much the same way people shouted that Bill Murray owes us. Bill Murray doesn't owe you a damn thing. If Bill Murray yeah, wants to go play yeah. golf for the rest of his life. You can take a hike. And it's the same thing here. The humans, they don't really owe us anything, particularly after, after, after they got a good taste of what they may have to go through a second time, God, if they made yeah. another one. Who, so, who would rightfully, in, of, right, of their right mind, signed up for that again? I don't know. but It may uh, work out for us all, because really at the end of the day, if you want to preserve everything, then you hand it off to somebody who's going to make another live action, and they're going to tie 
all the universes together somehow. Yeah, or or the animated film does that as well. It's a little easier exactly. for for Kate McKinnon to do a voice uh, session from New York while everybody else is in Los yeah. Angeles on the animated film, and Holtzman suddenly is in the same universe as as Ray, Peter, Winston, and Egon. You know, I'm um, I'm, I'm almost happier this way. If somebody wants to make a um, like I said, I was never really sold on the direct sequel. Even the, they just show up at the beginning. It's like, look, I don't need to see the guys old, right? Like, I, yeah. I, yeah. I love the guys in their prime. I don't need to be re- reminded that we're all, you know, like a bat out of hell headed to, to you know, immortality here. Um, and at the same time, we got this, this you know, great set of characters that a lot of people responded to. Not everybody, but whatever. Sure, sure. Um, you don't want them to go to waste. I kind of am okay now if somebody now does a third group, doesn't do the, and there's Dan to hand you the keys sort of thing. They If they can link it all together that they tell their tale and then you bring in the the 2016 cast, has it, they're kind of the shepherds into the, the follow through, and then you can bring back the old team in little yeah. little cameos and show ups you know what i mean like it almost works better yeah and and that's kind of again we've talked about this before but that's kind of the brilliance of ecto force because it's in the future even though it's in the future. 30 years later they can name drop they can say oh it's like dr spangler's theory on blah 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 and everybody goes yeah. wah eyebrow raise and then you can also then say, oh, I'm using Holtzman's Faraday cage. And again, eyebrow raise, wait a minute. And then we can go back and explore that at a later date. You know, that's that's the kind of nice thing about it. Why not Why not just pull the whatever it was, the, uh, the Peter Cushing invasion of the Daleks or whatever. It's kind of <laughs> Doctor Who, but not Doctor Who. So why don't we just have like Ecto-4 set it up that... Both universes are actually in the same, but never explain how. But never explain and then how. From there, yeah. And then from there, we'll move backwards and then yeah. just pretend that's the way it all And then you have, a, yeah, you have a live action movie that's the best of all of the worlds and you don't even have to explain <laughs> it and it's fantastic. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, again, that's, that's kind of the brilliance of, of building the animated bridge here, which, I mean, for, for a place like The Hollywood Reporter, they're just seeing it as like, well, they're not going to do a direct sequel in the next two years, so obviously it's a failure, but... No, they, they can kind of smooth things out. They can bridge a, 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 whatever they need to get to. They can build that B yeah. to get from A to C, you know? What I kind of disappoints me about this entire story is how everybody's bought into the the condensation of, yeah. of modern movie making. So it has to make back its budget on the opening weekend. It has to do X by X amount of time. It has to... You know, there has to be a sequel. If it does good, the sequel has to be within two years. It's like yeah, they have to rush the sec- sequel into production right away. And point yeah. of order, Ghostbusters two came out. What, what was the opening title? I can't remember. Oh right, five years later. Five years later. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, I, well, everybody other- is so rushed. It's like it. That's that's not how it always was, and it doesn't necessarily have to even be now. This condensed thing is a sign of. Uh, way above, like above average success. It's, yeah. And if you're yeah. under it though, it doesn't mean failure. Like I had people talking about, you better go see Ghostbusters soon because it's about to leave theaters. I was like, it's just about to hit a month. The Fantastic Four was given three months, one week. Okay. And it yeah. was an utter flop. Yeah. Things like uh, uh, similar movies. Like remember I had a whole bunch that I mapped against roughly genre out at the same time, roughly the same budget and all that. They got like a hundred plus to 120 day run. 
and everybody's talking like Ghostbusters is going to be gone in a month. Why? I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's going to be here until at least mi- it's it's gonna yes it's going to lose theaters etc. That's the way it goes. But it just trickles its way out of theaters and then finally leaves. I'm guessing you know early October, just before the DVDs come out, right? Yeah, like, just which we'll get into. Yeah, we've got a DVD date, which I would imagine that's sort of it hits the dollar theaters whatever like two or three weeks before that DVD date is my guess. But yeah. I'm not sure um, why everybody's in such a rush to hustle it out. Again, unfair, because every other movie has this same... Like I said, you map the same arcs and periods of time and all that. Yeah. And well, even uh, the worst performing movies get at least two months. Yeah. At least. And somehow want... this one's got to be out the door in a month. It's like, well, I, don't, and, and, I and, don't get it. And hearing hearing you talk, Chris, that, that kind of leads me to the other subtext, which... So I'll, I'll finish out the article and then we'll, we'll talk about that other subtext. So the, the end of the article, they say that Sony disputes the amount of the potential loss, insisting that revenue streams from merchandising such as attractions and new Ghostbusters exhibits at Madame Tussauds, the theme park ride in Dubai... Those will help defray any deficit. The studio also notes that the number of people renting the 1984 film has soared over the summer. So they're making a lot of money off of the originals, which was also probably the point of this, let's be honest. So that same Sony rep that they quoted earlier says, this loss calculation is way off. Even though it's the headline in The Hollywood Reporter, their direct source (laughs) says this loss calculation is way off. Pointing that out. Because that's a terrible headline. Uh, Sony yeah. says our loss calculation is way out. Uh, but here's what we Click think Click for is. more. Yeah. Uh, so, so at any rate, they say, with multiple revenue streams, including consumer products, gaming, location-based entertainment, continued international rollout, and a huge third-party promotional partnership that mitigated costs, the bottom line, even before co-financing, is not remotely close to that number. So... That studio source is saying, like, guys, that's $70 million. I don't know where you came up with that, but that's not it. Even if we take a loss on this, that's not even close to what we're taking a loss on. So yeah. um, so, so that's that's the end of the article. The subtext that I wanted to get to here, Chris, you said everybody says that this movie is going to be out of theaters next week. Everybody says this. Everybody says that. I feel like this is a key example that film scholars will look back on 20, 30, 40 years from now as the way that social media affected filmmaking. The way that you said that there was sort of the 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 usual trend now of every movie has to make its budget back in opening weekend and they have to green light a sequel in that same week and they have to go into production so that it comes out two years later. I feel like we are witnessing something here and, and I really spark to it for those of you that know, I'm a star Wars fan. I listen to rebel force radio religiously. These guys posited a question that it lit a, a, a match under me or the light bulb went off or whatever the, the analogies you want to use. Um, they asked the question, what if star Wars, the phantom menace came out in the social media age? And, and their sort of deduction and their reasoning behind that was, look, this, this movie comes out and all of the vocal people that hated everything about this movie, all of the people that started seeing things before the movie was out, this movie would have been buried before it even came out. And then after it would have come out, everybody would have hated it. There would have been a totally different perception of it. The two sequels would have never happened for better or for worse. And then who knows the the Disney purchase would have never happened. The new movies would not be coming out. Yeah. The franchise would be dead. The, and that's, the, two, the two other prequels, not made. Which not made. We wouldn't have gotten the Rebels, the various Rebels animated series. We wouldn't have gotten the comics kicked off. We wouldn't have the 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 
the new uh, action figures coming off both the prequels and the uh, the the animated ones, yeah, which ultimately and- led, as you said, to part of Disney going, "We'll take it," which then led to the Force Awakens, and Absolutely. here we are. Like- yeah, and and so again, I mean, uh, for for whatever opinions you have of that movie or of the prequel trilogy of Star Wars or any of the characters that were in that film a very different climate that movie would have had if it had come out in 2016. Now, so here, here we are with Ghostbusters, which again, there are people, there are very vocal people that did not like it. You're entitled to your opinion. I totally understand there are people that don't enjoy this movie. I've talked to very good friends who's, who have very legitimate problems with the film. And I, and I understand that. And I respect that. Um, this movie was not the total dud that something like the Phantom Menace was. Um, but it, it, again, it's, it falls into that gray area. Like everybody doesn't like when I saw Phantom Menace, I was like, wow, the production design is great. The music is great. The, the, the CG looks fantastic. God, these characters are kind of flat and the story doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but okay, I'm I'm with it. If I would have been influenced by social media, I probably would have had a a, a much stronger reaction to it, much like I had toward Batman versus Superman. I saw that movie and I had the exact same feelings. I like Ben Affleck as Batman. I like the production design, the costume design. I love some of the casting, but the characters are flat and the story is flat. And I think it's telling. I have not seen Suicide Squad yet. But when I saw Star Wars, I was not influenced by social media. Of course, we were all on AOL and we were talking on message boards and yada, yada, yada. But I still went and I saw the other two prequel films. You know, I was still excited to see those other two films and I was still ready to give them a chance. Whereas now I feel like the negativity just sort of seeps into your pores and you see all of the people that have these opinions of things and you start reading these articles like the one we just talked about that says they're taking a loss and the future is dire and you start to believe it you start to understand that that's what you know that's the the perception of reality that you have because that's what you're surrounding yourself with it's very strange well no social media works best on raw emotion so this will make you angry or this is the cutest thing ever. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, highs social, and media, lows. Yeah, so, social media operates best on uh, WTF offset with a whole bunch of faith in humanity <laughs> restored. And the stuff that doesn't fly is like all the stuff in between, which is, would you like a sense of contentment? Would you like that feeling of, you know, understanding? No, not as good as kittens. Great. Okay. Well, yeah. we can't compete. We can't compete with kittens and guys on BMX bikes and Russian dashboard cams. All right. Great. So there we are. Well, and that, that I, I think that you're, you're, you're leading to where I was thinking too is like there's highs burn and it lows. All down. Burn it all down. Burn it all down. Yeah. We just, yeah. But no, there's, there's highs and lows. There's no room for middle ground. So let's say a movie like City Slickers, arguably not a good movie, but I really enjoy that movie. It's, it's, how dare you? It's a how good, dare you? Here's, here's the thing about City Slickers. <laughs> okay. here's, welcome to the City sure. Slickers podcast. Uh, not a great movie, not a terrible movie, a fun movie that I enjoy going back and rewatching all of the time. Like if, if a film scholar came to me and said, look, you've got Stanley Kubrick and you've got city slickers. I'm like, okay, I get it. City slickers is a lesser film. I understand. Okay. Jeez. Holier than thou, but I enjoy the film. It's fun. I know it has flaws. I know that it's dated. It's, it's very much of its time of the nineties. Um, let's, let's equate Ghostbusters answer the call to city slickers. Hear me out here. It's not 
it's not a huge box office success. It's not a huge critical success. It's also not a huge bomb. It's not a huge critical flop. Everybody is not hating on the movie. Everybody's not like gushing about the movie being so uh, brilliant. It, this is a, it's it's the, our summer city slickers. It's a fun movie. We went, and we saw it, we had fun. It was a great Saturday night. I had a couple drinks and I was I was done. Fantastic. Social media doesn't lend itself to that kind of what you were saying. Whoa. whoa, how old were you when City Slickers came out? I was what was Mr. it? Mr. Had a few drinks. No, no, no. I'm talking about Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh, Ghostbusters. Whoa. I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, let's sit down this, and talk about my childhood because I had a few beers when I was like <laughs> nine or ten. Okay. Here, here's the thing, and this is what everybody's forgotten: is that it's it's like you built the engine in a car and you turned it over, and it's the difference between it exploded and seized, and it's just not timing right. <laughs> yeah, the and timing's off. The t- and, and what happens is, is that if it seizes, yeah, it's whatever. It's a, it's a flop. If it's not timing right, you adjust and you move forward and you kind of, you know, you know what I mean? Like this is a good stepping stone. It did exactly what, uh, the Phantom Menace did for Star Wars, which everybody, again, with any amount of reason argued was at worst, unless it completely bombs, which it has not done. It's going to set the stage for more to come. And yeah. That's, yeah. ta-da, here we are. We're arguing, well, not arguing, we're discussing an article that's basically talking about that. It didn't do huge at the box office, but there's two more major prop, you know, uh, projects coming down the pipe yeah. because of it. Ta-da! Well, and, and, it, and it unknowingly has become a litmus test of what the highs and lows of social media are because oh, yeah. you know, some people look at this and they go, oh my God, there's a cartoon in the animated movie coming. Fantastic. Stuff's happening. Some people look at it and they read the headline and they say, well, $70 million loss. Obviously, it's a flop. Obviously, this movie didn't do well. And it's it's feeding into that that machine of highs and lows so all of the subtext and all of the things that we've discussed in the last, uh, oh my God, almost 45 minutes here. Um, yes, but sorry, what everybody. It, well, yeah, but what it's really become is like, this is, I, I hate to make this claim, but we're witnessing history here. Like this is what pop culture is right now. A movie comes out, it has these highs and lows and reactions and everything is reactionary based upon 140 character tweets and you know, poor, poor Paul Feig and his cast's life hangs in the balance based upon Twitter's response to certain things. And, and the trolling has an an effect on things now. And like, guys, it's, it's the movie business. It's, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be this escapism. And, and I think that's, I mean, I I don't want to continue to be on the soapbox because I I'm here and I'm sorry, but like I think that's the whole problem that the the political system is having right now too is everybody's feeding into the highs and the lows. You're either with us or against us. You either like this person or you don't like this person, and you don't understand that there's middle ground. There is common middle area that needs to be uh, explored and addressed and discussed, and it's it's getting kind of scary, honestly. We were, like we were supposed to, we were supposed to do the legwork. And if I have to play grumpy old man, it's, we're seeing now the pop culture extension of what I've been complaining about for how many years now, since the internet came along. I always used to be just completely aghast at the concept that somebody would go, you know, blah, 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 
bracket spelling question mark close bracket in a post when you're sitting at one of the most powerful search tools ever it will take you two seconds <laughs> we'll check to double spelling. check your spelling right like spinal tap i don't know how they spelt it freaking plug it into google you'll know in two seconds and you can move forward with your even life. pre-google you had the technology you had that technology and we're at that point now where it's like i'm responding to the headline but you didn't even read the article. Like the article is more than the headline, or as we, you and I just discussed, the headline is completely wildly different than the article yeah, because they're trying to get it. The contents and, of the article say that their calculation is way off, <laughs> according to the studio <laughs> itself. It used to be we had to do the work of seeing the movie before we could put forth our best opinion, full response thing, and now, like I said, so many people get front loaded before they even go in that it colors. You know what I mean? Like they're not even going in, you know, uh, uh, tabula rasa to see the movie and yeah. do a little critical thinking on the other, you know, coming at the other end. Some of them are just refusing to see it. They've decided that, which means then you're all screwed because from now on, it doesn't matter the quality of the TV show or the movie. What they will be doing to spend their money is to implant into your brain whether it's good, the fight will be whether it's good or bad before it even drops. Which is really scary. That's really scary. For people who are so adamant about having, it's important that I have my own voice and my own opinion. Well, this should be terrifying because it means then that you're being manipulated before you even take the shot of seeing it and giving it a review. Well, you're, you're being manipulated. And then my other worry too, is that this is now driving us in a direction that, Again, going back to Suicide Squad, like things are going to be start, they're going to start creating things based upon committee. That it's not just the the director and the writer and the producers and the studio. It's yeah. now the director, the writer, the producers, the studio, and everybody on Twitter driving something, which is really that doesn't yeah, yield weekly, good results. Weekly <laughs> Twitter, re- yeah, weekly Twitter reports. But that's but that's basically and yeah, exactly. And people like this, so you need to do this, or people don't like this, so you don't need to do this. And it's very, I mean, it's it's and the results are completely artificial. Suicide Squad, I saw it. I gave it a six point five out of ten. Yeah, I, and, actually, and that's and here's the thing. I'll tell you right now, it operates almost the same as Ghostbusters. The first two acts are kind of exciting and cool, and there's some good key moments, and it builds up. The third act, there's lots of weird question marks, and <laughs> what did they do there? And I can see where they chopped some stuff. It's just that the only difference is is that in the third act for Ghostbusters, the Ghostbusters ramped it up and did more Ghostbusters stuff than we've right. seen before, and yeah. that's great. In Suicide Squad caved in and did less superhero stuff than you would have expected from oh interesting interesting and but again like i said that's still i didn't i didn't hate it i don't think it sucks i don't know that i'm gonna rush out to buy the dvd or anything but i was happy to spend my money and we enjoyed it and etc and look at its weekend you know friday everybody was just just completely over the moon screw you ghostbusters this is the way it's supposed to work fan service you know, massive opening Friday, 60 plus percent drop off for Saturday, yeah. just ka-lunk. And, and guess what? It made way more, it took way more money to make that than Ghostbusters. But guess what? Nobody's going to tear it a new asshole over the next four weeks about whether it earns out enough or, yeah, you know, or what whether the drop it's going to go next to China and, or what the yeah. drop will be and what's it mean. And maybe they should have put more dudes in or just, ugh. 
Well, and again, it's it's all subjective. I mean, that's the, all of those again, exactly. all of the opinions that you were just talking about. It's everybody's voice on Twitter and Facebook and and Reddit and Tumblr and everywhere that everybody now has a voice. And I mean, in one way, it's fantastic. You have a great sort of uh, test. You know how they used to test uh, shows with a, a group of fifty or a hundred people in a room, and they had the dials, and they still do it yeah. actually to this day. Where if you're interested, it's on the green, and if you're not interested, it's on the red. And that's how they would test stuff and, and see if it was going to be a success. But now we I, have that yeah. to a greater extent, which is is a powerful tool and unbelievable. And I'm incredibly grateful for it because it's brought me close to friends and I've, I've met a lot of cool people through it. But at the same time, it's scary because, you know, the, the big vocal majority sometimes is not exactly what the best result needs, if that makes sense. It does. What the... The minute I knew that this was, you know, to go with what your your thesis is here, the minute I knew we tipped over into this is how it'll be from now on and this is where it's broken, is that for this movie, I've had friends uh, contact me and start to tear a strip off the new movie to which I can only go, all right, I can see that. I, I yeah, actually I liked it. it. Yeah. And their response is not well, why did you like it? The response is, how could you like it? Yeah. Broken, 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 broken. Yeah. Because yeah. all of a sudden friends aren't even giving other friends the, you know, the benefit of the doubt that yeah. they're not complete idiots, that it's subjective and they might like it for some reason you don't. And there's a discussion to be had. Nope. How, how could, could you, you like, like that garbage? Yeah. Yeah. And that's been the, that's got, and that was the tone, that was the countertone that was set up in response to, this is the movie we're going to make. And everything got divided right down the middle, almost instantly. So <sighs> yeah, this is depressing. So, Can we talk about something well, no, else? Yeah, Troy? I was going to say, so that's, that's the thing is like the, the sky <laughs> was falling for a lot of people because they were talking about the monetary loss. But for me, the sky was falling because this is just a really... It's yeah. it's an it's an indicator of where we are right now as a society, as pop culture, as fans, like as fan service. It's just this this article personified some of the biggest problems that I have right now with a lot of things, and it yeah. just it I, I I we had to shine a big spotlight on it. And I, I agree to a degree. I'm also at the point there where there, I don't know how much more discussion there is to be had. Like. Yeah. At yeah. a certain point now, it doesn't matter. It's over and done with. It's out. It's going to perform the way it performs. And my on. interest is completely like, <laughs> you know me, it's all just statistical right now, right? Like, I'm curious <laughs> to see how much its arc matches all the arcs that all these other arcs that I've compared it to. Right. I'm, I'm, I've, I, at one point it was, you know, the first week and I, it was completely pie in the sky. I thought, you know what, if it grows, it could hit 350. I'm putting it at 297 now, right? Like 297 million, which is actually by this article, a $3 million loss. If all the numbers are correct and we know they're not because freaking Pizza Hut in France paid them a million dollars when Papa John's in North America did. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and that's, we that's don't know what the deals video are. And video on demand and all of the things that are going to bring <laughs> them more revenue we later. We don't know what those yeah. deals are. We don't know what they cut. And they're not going to tell us. And so at the end of the day, I just, I don't care anymore. Like yeah. to a certain degree, if people want to, you know, crow that they set it as it's going to fail, meaning it's not going to be a massive hit. Great. Yeah. Just, yeah. just, sit in the dark and touch yourself you win great i don't i don't care i got a movie that was fun and not only that fun enough to go see it multiple times 
I enjoyed it each time. I got to go with different par- parcels of friends. They all enjoyed it each time. Uh, looking on social media for every one person that's hating it, there's a lot of people that are liking it. Yeah, uh, It's going to trickle its thing out. I'm putting a fun guess on what it'll finally top out at. And it doesn't matter what that is because we're going to get these two other projects minimum coming down the pipe. And yep. it looks like, yeah. you know, the merch will keep on rolling. Done. Yeah, I again. guess. Guess what? We all win. Yeah, we all win, and I mean, I I heard it somewhere, but uh, as a direct quote, it has enlivened a 30-year-old brand and put into the modern zeitgeist. As a result, we have many ideas in the works to further exploit the Ghostbusters universe. That's the success right there. Like, it, it, re- it's, it triggered and restarted the franchise, and that's what we need to take yeah. away from it. So. It's funny, a few people kind of put that out there a while back, and like I said, it's hard to throw that out in the face of... Yeah. It's an utter failure, and I've got a f- I've got a funny different name for Paul Feig that I will use on uh, Twitter, etc. Yeah, yeah, it's over. It doesn't it, disheartening. We win. We put the run to them. It's like yeah. hooray, you, you. All the people that said I told you so. That was the word. I was like, you told me what? I don't. You not. told me what? You told me that it wasn't going to be what you saw in your head, and it yeah. wasn't going to be super awesome. All okay, right. sure. So at any rate, so yeah. How has the world changed? Well, it's changed exactly as you laid it out, Troy. <laughs> like you said, I, the world is dark and depressing. And we need to, we well, need to I saw, I, the worst of it is, is that the people who hated this movie are now sitting around going, and I'm probably not going to like Ecto Force 2 because it sounds dreadful. Well, well there we go. Well, why don't you then. wait and see it? Two years, and it's oh, starting now. Here we go again. Yeah, exactly. I don't care. Hey. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about, let's talk about uplifting Talk about happy let's stuff, Let's talk about Troy. heartwarming things. Let's all clap our hands and bring the fairy <sighs> back to life because uh, it's dark right now. So, uh, for the win, the, uh, the amazing, uh, Jesse Wilson, who we had on our last podcast, go listen to it if you haven't already. Um, the for the win project, I just want to update you guys. This is the big week. As you listen to this, Brayden is coming out to Los Angeles. He's going to have his day as a ghostbuster. Yeah. However, as of recording, the donations are only at about $2,000, just over $2,000 right now. And they, they need $6,000 for everything they have in store for him. I mean, let's be honest, it will still happen because Braden and his family, they've got plane tickets booked and they're coming out to Los Angeles and he's going to be a Ghostbuster on Friday. So, you know, come hell or high water, he's going to get his day. But look, if, if you're listening to this and you have not donated... Like now's your your last chance. Help this guy's yep. day be as rad as it can be as a ghost. This little guys too, because that's end of the day, it's a it's a tiny fan. Come on, guys. He's yeah, and 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 much to Jesse's point last week, you know, a dollar, five dollars, everything will help them because what they're trying to do is every every dollar of that is going into his experience. So when he flies out here to LA, he's going to get picked up in the Ectomobile. He's going to get his own suit. He's going to get a, a yep. proton pack. He's going to go get a, a photo session and he's going to possibly, hopefully fingers crossed, meet some of the Ghostbusters heroes that he has. And, you know, uh, this, this poor guy who's been suffering through um, this respiratory disease and, and hasn't gotten to experience childhood on, on a level that all of us have been blessed with, let's give him this one day. And I, I feel well, like that's, yeah, it's, it's, we, it's just, it's the least we can do. As fans. Let's help well, we, him out. We all, we all share a common bond, which uh, with him, which is that we all spent a large chunk of our childhood in front of the original movie. Yeah. And that, yeah. that's the thing. Braden loves the first movie. So I certainly hope everybody who's poo pooed the new movie, 
uh, you know, original movie Uber Alice. If I certainly hope you've put at least a buck into the pot. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because well, that's some, some, that's, that's cold if you can't even uh, back a, a tiny brother up. Yeah, and, and I feel like the other the other thing that really just tugs at my heartstrings and I get choked up every time I, I think about it was when Jesse mentioned and he even mentioned again uh, because Ghost Core is now asking people to send videos, which he had talked about in our podcast, send videos of you in your suit with your pack yeah. or as with your group to Brayden because this poor guy, he feels like he's alone. He doesn't know that there are so many Ghostbusters fans out there just like him. And, and to me, that's, that's the heartbreaking thing is that this poor, this poor guy who's fighting through, um, unspeakable things as a kid, uh, thinks that he's alone in his fandom. Um, you know, show, show him that he's not alone, show him through the video and through your donations. And, you know, again, I know it's, it's the needs of the one versus the needs of the many, but, uh, Brayden, he's, he's a very, he's a very worthy subject for you guys' effort and, and dollars and, and energy. So, uh, please do. And again, I think it's punctuated more because I don't, uh, about, I think it was Friday. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Chris, when did they reveal destiny? The, the Boston, um, the fan who got her poster. It wasn't the Friday. I believe it was the, like the day or two after the last podcast. After out. the podcast. So, so it was like Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday Wednesday, Wednesday. Last okay. Week, like so that. it was, yeah, yeah, it was fairly recently, but so destiny who, who Jesse talked about on the podcast last week, you know, she got her, her poster, um, you know, with her in front of the firehouse and the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and Slimer, and she's a Ghostbuster, and um, you can see the genuine emotion. She's in her hospital bed, and this really meant a lot to her. And I know that the uh, the the Ghostbusters of Massachusetts, those guys out of Boston who I met uh, in line, um, they they showed up, and it's just after being so depressed and and talking about these things that we just talked about for 40 some minutes like this is the stuff that i wish we could talk about for 40 some minutes like let's yeah, make this a good the, thing to talk about the massachusetts gbs because of course again for the win charity group uh, operating in la didn't exactly have the bucks to fly themselves to boston to uh <laughs> Was it the floating hospital? The, the same one that the Ghostbusters visited during filming? I can't. I, I'm I not, seem to recall the. I'm not entirely sure, but it, it is possible. Um, but anyways, you know, the, but, the 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 ghost heads in in uh, New England there uh, stood in for them and delivered her poster, which was super yeah, awesome. Yeah, very very cool. So again, uh, forthewindproject.org. That's the place that you need to go to donate. Um, they have the GoFundMe set up and. Um, and, and again, thank you to all of our fans who are listening, who after Jesse's interview, I know everybody reached out to Jesse to hook him up with the scaled proton pack. And I know that the Southland Ghostbusters and, oh, um, did they solve like the scale Ghostbusters? John, John Yakurba, like everybody just, everybody was so quick to jump in and help out. Did they, so they sorted, they sorted out the, the kid size proton pack. I believe so. I believe everything has worked Woo. out. I believe that that's all taken care of. So, Perfect. um, so again, you know, just the outpouring and, and again, as, as ghost heads, if you've watched the documentary on Netflix, you know, uh, everybody loves to put their effort and their energy into, to charity and, and making other people feel good. So this is a very worthy cause. Check it out guys. Um, let's talk about something else. Uh, happy, uh, Chris, did you see the New York times article? It was, uh, Dave, uh, it's uh, he's kind of their pop culture writer, but he did a Q and a with Kate McKinnon. Did you 
Did you see that article? It it made my heart that. flutter. That's why I ask you if, if it happened. It's got a great. I actually kind of want that picture framed the, of her at the the Chinese restaurant. With yeah, the chef. she's she's eating the noodles, and there's like the dim sum bowl in front of her with the chef yeah. watching. Yeah, it's, no, it's no, it was a great. A great it was a great interview. But um, so yeah, so I just want to highlight some of the questions and answers that were in this interview. If you haven't read it, go check it out. It's New York Times Q and A with Kate McKinnon. But uh, they ask her, "You made such specific choices in your portrayal of Holtzman." how did you approach the role? And this, this really got me. She goes, you know, I just wanted to make a character who was very alien, but so joyful and earnest and fascinated by the world that you would relate to her anyway. In the script, there were these moments where she would be talking so lackadaisically about an extraordinarily lethal piece of equipment. And I thought, what sort of person could let that terror slide off her shoulders? But then I noticed that I underreact in a similar way in a lot of situations. And so he follows up. He goes, wait, how so? You do this too? You're like Holtzman? She goes, yeah, in most combat scenarios, I find that I'm pretty steady. (laughs) No, seriously, Saturday Night Live can be a stressful environment and I'm panicking constantly. But I guess I guess I keep it pretty internal because I've been told that I seem calm-ish. So, you know, she's basing Holtzman's the fact that she's got this nuclear reactor, she's creating these shotguns out of proton energy and all of this stuff that's incredibly dangerous. And she's just like manic and happy and, and so overjoyed and gleeful about it. Uh, she kind of, she mirrored it off after her experiences with Saturday night live. I really, I really dug that. Um, and then she talked about consulting real life scientists. She said that she's been an astrophysics, astrophysics, I was going to say astrophysicists fan, which she might be too. Uh, she's been an astrophysics fan since she was 12, and she's had a real soft spot for bizarreness of quantum mechanics. So she's she's a nerd just like Holtzman. Uh, and she says, I'm just not that good at math. So that really ticks me off that I've limited myself and my life choices in that way. I'm never going to be a theoretical physicist, which she's a comedian and she's successful. And this is what she's lamenting is that she's not going to be a, a theoretical physicist in a in a, a, a an environment where she's doing experimentation and things like that, I thought that was really cool. She may suck um, at math, but she seems to have a, a head for the the theory of it, though, because she seems really fascinated. Oh man, it. she can rattle off the techno uh, garble or techno babble, much like Dan Aykroyd. Like she's got it, and it just rolls off of her tongue. I can't wait to see the B roll or any of the behind the scenes stuff on the DVD to see if if she flubs at all or if she was like on that, like if she had it down to a patter. Um, so, okay. So let's see. So she also talks about her wardrobe and her, her hairstyle very briefly, but again, this is something I hope they explore on the DVD and the Blu-ray, but she talks about Jeffrey Curland and her coming up with wacky things. And, uh, she saw some of the initial designs. She thought they were really cool, but she at first wanted to be the plainest of the plain. Like she wanted to be super plain, blend into the background, um, she, she rationalized that Holtzman, she didn't want to be cool. Like she just, just has all this stuff that she throws on. Um, but then it sort of turned into what it became. She says that, you know, the hair became a collaboration between her and Brenda McNally, the hairstylist. And then she started thinking about like, well, this is a person who doesn't care about an exploding nuclear reactor. What kind of hair would she have? Eh, probably Tilda Swinton's hair. You know, she, that's immediately where she went to. And so it became very eccentric, even though she wanted to be very plain. So, Again, a very great interview. She talks about her time on Saturday Night Live. She talks about her time uh, coming up uh, through the ranks in improv here in Los Angeles. Um, they also they do explore um, very briefly uh, Holtzman's sexuality, which she doesn't want to comment on, which I thought was interesting. She's like, no, it's it's a non-issue. Like, so what? Maybe she's gay. It doesn't matter. Um, very very great interview. So uh, go go check that out. 
Uh, Leslie Jones, she's been doing some Olympics coverage lately. Um, she, she's been so active on Twitter during the Olympics that NBC flew her out to Rio to become a correspondent. I haven't seen anything yet, <laughs> but I can only imagine how nut bars it's going to be because of how nut bars her Twitter uh, reactions to things have been. She just she goes bonkers like she watches the uh, the New Zealand rugby team and it's so foreign to her that her reactions are just so funny and so genuine that she can't believe they're doing the haka at the beginning like the Maori warriors and it's uh, she needs to commentate everything as far as I'm concerned. So when she shows up on Friday, we may have to insert some stuff here, uh, but God, that's that's exciting. Um, Chris, merch roundup. We should probably talk a little bit about some merch stuff. Yeah, merch, 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 merch. merch. Uh, really quick Ghostbusters answer the call we think is going to be on physical media now October 11th that's the date that Target has now put on their website initially they had that September date um, but I think October makes more sense to me it's going to be right before Halloween and Halloween, that fall exactly yeah. it, per- perfect timing for it so maybe the September date will be like a video on demand iTunes kind of thing but um, and we also know that FX will be airing uh, the new movie on their network because they just paid a whole bunch of money to get it and Deadpool and a few other movies. Um, where, so where we, does that money go? I wonder. Probably straight, into the pot. Straight Anyways. into that pot where they talk about <laughs> taking a, a seventy million dollar loss. Probably is my guess. But keep keep going. At any rate, uh, hey, let's talk about the Iron Studios figures because these were yes. a lot of fun. The the big unveiling that they did, they showed they showed a couple of the Terror Dogs, then they showed Slimer, then they showed Gozer, and then earlier this week they did the big rollout of the entire diorama, which is uh, two Terror Dogs, Vincent Zool, uh, Gozer, Ray, Peter, Winston, Egon, and Slimer. All of these figures look freaking amazing. These are really great. Uh, I mean, the the face sculpts are a little different, but I think they may be prototypes. And then also people have pointed out that Slimer is the Ghostbusters 2 mold. Have yeah, you, I was have about you noticed to say. It's it, kind of weird. It's, uh, he's kind of the one that gets used the most. I don't know if it's because of the quality of the, the. The reference material? Or? The reference material and yeah. like the, the, you know, the, whatever you call it, the, the, production photography and all that yeah. compared to the first movie. Um, yeah. And that happens so much that again, ugh, ghost core, <laughs> we could be hired cheap to help you organize your, that, your style just needs guides to be for like, people. Hey, you know what? I'm sure, I'm sure Eric, Eric knows this kind of stuff and Eric is probably like, you know, that's the ghostbusters two slimer, right? And they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, we totally did that yeah, on purpose. Blah, That's my blah, guess is what happens. Blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. It's he's a way more uh, expressive Slimer than the first one is too. Yeah. So I kind of and it's much larger. Like he's about twice as big as as the Ghostbusters one Slimer is. I don't know why it keeps coming out that way. It's slightly annoying, but all in all, it's a good set. I kind of look at it and wish that it was. Because the diorama, the steps are actually uh, up the middle. Again, it's oh, almost yeah. like pieces yeah. come with the different figures. I kind of wish it was uh, uh, bookends. Just, oh my God, that would be amazing if they were bookends and you, <laughs> the, oh. Yeah, exactly, right? There right? you go. See, okay, so we're getting so many action figures now. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I want are these bookends so that I can put these up on the shelf and, oh, come yeah. on, somebody. Diamond, Zach, Oat, if you're listening to this, man, let's make so, some bookends happen, that kind of thing. Begging the question here again, we brought this up, you know, at least once in the last couple of podcasts. How many times do we keep buying 
the four guys over and over. Well, and especially when they, they're releasing them now at these higher price points, like the Blitzway are figures not, are going to be expensive. Yeah. These Iron Studios figures not are not going to be cheap. At all. Um, like, it's it's going to be... I mean, again, look at how many times people will purchase um, Darth Vader. Obviously, a lot of people are buying multiple figures of multiple characters. I, I get it, but especially when all of these are such you know high quality, high price points, um, and much to your point, Chris, you know maybe some people like the Blitzway figures over the Iron Studios figures, and maybe some yeah. people like the Iron Studios figures over the Blitzway which figures. Is, that which helps. is what you and I touched on. I mean, the argument only goes so far until until you run into things like. How many times do they think we're going to buy Mickey Mouse over and over again? Uh, hundreds, <laughs> yep. if not thousands. As Until the day out. you so, die. Until yeah. the day you die. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it's probably what we came to last time is that people just, you know, pick their their favorite poison. Yeah. You know, if you if you've only got like you know forty fifty bucks, you'll pick up the the. The figures, you know, the non-diorama Diamond Select figures at Toys R Us. And if you've got a 1000 or so, you're going to buy a bunch of the top-end ones. Yeah, exactly. Well, and testament to that is the Bandai figure that they're doing for Stay Puffed. Because, I mean, I've bought, yeah. I got the real Ghostbusters Stay Puffed back in the day. I've got a, a little um, McDonald's uh, pencil sharpener Stay Puffed. I've got the, well, I had the NECA one. I sold it to somebody on GB Fans, but that's a different story. <laughs> Uh, but a lot you know, of stay puffs, just yeah, like a me. lot of stay puffs. But dude, I I want this Bandai stay puff because this is one of the best stay puffs that I think has been released. The face sculpt is spot on. The body sculpt is spot on. He comes with the, I mean, at least it looks like he comes with the interchangeable head, so you can make it look like he's kind of angry and looking up uh, at the, the the temple of Zul. Yeah, there's the looking up uh, from the church to the you know up to the top of the building, which is. Again, how often have we seen that? Yeah, yeah. So all in one figure, right? Like all in one figure, and I don't know. I'm I'm unclear. I think this is probably just a Japanese release, so it'll have to be something you import if you absolutely want. Yeah. But, um, but I mean that again, ja- like with Japan having the movie releasing this coming week as we're speaking uh, wide. They're getting all the cool stuff. They're getting the Bandai Stay Puff figure. You posted the other day that they're getting like Ghostbusters popcorn and Ghostbusters. It was like curry. What was the other thing too that was coming oh, out? Oh yeah. Well, shout out to the Ghostbusters Japan because they keep they keep posting pictures of everything. Uh, stay puffed uh, white curry. Stay I puffed um, white curry. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's I think it's just a thematic thing. He's white, okay. so it's a white curry. But it, it's, not a, it's, it's not it's a just marshmallow like the curry, curry seasoning too. Like that's the I don't understand. Like yeah, I don't it's understand just, the tie-in. It's, it's literally just a, a seasoning mix, from what I can tell. And the other one is a Slimer green curry. Uh, mix. Uh, I'll take it. Popcorn, I'll take. I'll take a case of both candies. Uh, yeah, snacks of all sorts. Uh, I'm kind of waiting to see until the pops show up because I love Japanese pops, yeah, especially yeah. if they come in those. Um, oh, there's a name for them. The uh, it used to be an old uh, type of bottle all over, and then Japan kind of retained it while everybody else moved on to cans and bottle caps. But it's got the marble in the top. That's how they seal it. Right. You know, oh, right. Right. Yeah. 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 I have seen those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping they make some Ghostbusters ones of those because those I will jump on the you know the, the 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 Japanese candy sites online and and order at a, at a premium, yeah. no doubt. Uh, some of those. Well, and they they have all the vending machine stuff too. Like we were talking last week about the the cell phone like dangly things and oh yeah, the, it's 
the bubble, the bubble prizes, t-shirts, you name it. Every, he just going through all the pictures of his stuff. Japan is winning. Like at yeah. the the only place yeah. they're not winning is they didn't get they don't have the equivalent of Mattel and the figures. Right. Although right. the soldier stories guys may fill that void. We don't know. Oh, right. To a yeah, to a greater degree, most likely. And um, you know, I can only assume but, that they'll be brought into their marketplace faster and easier yeah. than they'll be brought into our marketplace. But well, and and all of that merchandising and all of that marketing that they're doing, you know, who, who knows what that's going to yield for the Japan opening of the film too. So I'm, again, we we mentioned it last week. I'm really anxiously awaiting to see how the movie does over there because it, again, it seems it seems right up the Japanese audience's uh, alley, and you know they're getting all of this cool merchandising, so they've obviously got a lot of faith in it. So. Uh, I, let's learn Japanese. I'm going to go out there and just hang out. <laughs> Naoki will hang out with you. We'll teach you English. You teach us Japanese. Oh, How does that work? Oh, oh, oh. I tried to learn a little bit of Japanese, Ed. <laughs> I don't hard. want to learn a different counting system for Ghostbusters pencils <laughs> versus counting for Ghostbusters boxes. Okay. okay. Like, All right. No. Sold. Fine. It's at, at that point, I throw myself to the mercy of the... Uh, the the Japanese citizens with uh, English as a second language, <laughs> and just please just help me and humor me please, as a North American. Just, exactly, <laughs> just let me speak English. I just want the Stay Puff, please, <laughs> and maybe a couple of things for my cell phone, please. I need a Stay Puff. I need one for my iPad, <laughs> just just to plug into the the, the microphone, please. Oh, um. Man. Well, do they open up, uh, is it uh, the Friday that just passed uh, as of the release of this podcast, or yeah, is it the it Friday to come? It, uh, it'll, be, uh, it'll be this this coming, no, no, this this airs on the 15th, so it will be open as you hear this. So it, it so opened, it opened weekend, up on the 12th. So we'll know. Okay. Yeah. See, we well, can do math. I can hardly do math. You're like the statistician. I'm like, what day is it? The 15th. That means that if it came out on the 14th, that was a <laughs> we'll, day ago. Um, well, by the time this comes out, unfortunately, we can't talk about it here. We'll have a good sense how Japan's doing. Yeah, so we'll we'll make sure to to talk about that on next Monday's episode. So yeah, yeah. stay tuned. Uh, much much more news coming, and I promise we'll we won't be as depressing next week. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go go, go stoppers! I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at four seven zero two four two four seven four two. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. You do? And Twitter accounts. Print is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for... The Ghostbusters. Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Okay, so it was kind of... the conversation was a little depressing, Chris. Um, but we, we turned we turned the tides. I'm feeling a lot better. I'm I'm glad we got a lot of that off of at least uh, I'm glad I got it off of my chest. I don't know about you. But I'm here for you. I thanks, happily man. would have walked away by this point. 
just, and, be, just because I think at a certain point we need to move on. Yes, yes. Like Leslie Jones, we need to move on. Some guy on Twitter was like, again, harassing her on Twitter going, just because you're covering the Olympics doesn't excuse Ghostbusters. It's like, she's moved on. It's just move right? on, yeah. She's winning. You're sitting here shouting at her on Twitter, and she's gone on to the Olympics. She's got she a new doesn't season care of Saturday Night Live starting she, in a month. She, she does doesn't not give care. a crap. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to do the same thing. It's like, yeah. fine, it is what it is. And I, I feel, I feel the same you. way. Yeah, no, I'm here I, it's, for you. I feel like every time I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like, I, I dug the crap out of the movie. I'm excited about the future and, and what the animated series and the animated film will hold. I have this feeling that the new live action uh, movie will turn into another Ghostbusters 3 scenario, but that's another conversation for another time where we'll just be like, Ghostbusters news. Well, 500 other things could happen. We don't know. Just like spin a wheel and, and guess. But uh, but I, I feel good about things, and that's why maybe the the social media negativity just wears on me because it's i feel like things are optimistic and i think i feel like things are moving up so i don't know that's just me but so you're you're here for me chris i'm here for you what's on your mind this week let's 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 hear your final thoughts what do you got ghostbusters resurrection is back is it oh my god is it really sort of okay let me let me slow you down okay it, it hasn't <sighs> popped up in my feed yet that's why i'm wondering last week tell me they more. did a, a special uh one-off uh little mission that like a, a pre-law a prologue mission pre pro oh prologue pre, yeah prologue, prologue mission to yeah. the last big arc they did it's been a long time like it's been yeah. over a year right uh, and they did their uh, Lovecraftian, like they, the other podcast they had, uh, where they ran a Lovecraftian kind of uh, game. They kind of ran bits of it through there to get people hooked on it. But it's been a long time since the last Ghostbusters uh, Resurrection run. And anyways, they posted their little prologue one. Uh, and then a little three-minute talking about uh, where things are at. And the long and the short of it is, is they've done five episodes of like five gaming sessions of the new season or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. They're cutting that now at the rate it's going. We'll start getting them at the end of the year. But he points out they have a Patreon and part of the Patreon is if they can hit a level, they hire him to devote more time to it. Oh, so it'll happen faster. Everything will come out way faster. So I don't know what the numbers are. Like, uh, Nerdy Show has had their little drives. Um, I haven't looked in a while. I'm assuming they moved over to Patreon as soon as it came along because that's a cool little system. But they were only asking for things like six, seven hundred bucks like overall sort of thing. So again, I I think it's fairly easy that if those of us that like the the podcast and want the role-playing to start up again uh, to go uh, to go through a little money oh on those, get it a little sooner. Uh, and they also pointed out that the they're back to selling the um, the, the kits cards and oh. the dice. Oh. I don't know about the full kits. It's, I wasn't one hundred percent sure if they had like the the uh, the certificate or not. But it sounded a lot like the kits uh, are are back on sale. So if you want your non smudgeable uh, ghost die. And uh, you want a deck of cards because the thing that uh, I should back up again. I I, I didn't front load this enough. If you're familiar with Ghostbusters, the role playing game, there is a podcast of guys in uh, uh, in Florida that have been playing it and doing a really great 
kind of radio play yeah, it's like a radio drama yeah so they record their session but they do a lot of post-production sound effects and all that which really brings it to life um, and to that end they did a little work updating the rule set because the rule set was made for you know the late 80s uh, early 90s meaning things like cell phones and all that not even well covered uh, let alone uh, you know newer equipment and stuff like that that's popped up since then so they uh, uh, took the two things that are hardest to find because you, you can find the old rule sets uh, in digital form everywhere online what you can't get is the equipment cards and you can't get the dice uh, you right. can use any old yeah. dice right but they then now offer they have uh, decks of their updated equipment cards which includes the old stuff as well as the new stuff and then a set of uh, ghost eye that like I said that ghost not coming off so <laughs> it is laser etched into it it's oh, it's, in, it's it's in, 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 in embossed or whatever you want to call it Oh, this Deviled is such great it. news. This is, I mean, I need to go uh, throw my iPhone out the window, though, because the podcast <laughs> app didn't have the little badge that told me that there's a new Ghostbusters Resurrection in there. It so. only popped up. It's dated from, like, last week, but it only popped up in my feed, like, this morning. So I don't uh, know what okay. happened there. Interesting. Uh, all right, uh, well. For all we know, that might be iTunes, where they threw it up there, and iTunes was like, Which this is thing's true. dead yeah. for a year. I'm not going to bother it, with it. And it takes them, like, two days to update the feed. and what, Yeah. yeah. So, um, all right, so, so Ghostbusters resurrection surprise. seek seek it out it's on itunes i believe it's also on they stitcher too. but they <laughs> no spoilers but they're essentially fighting mr rogers so <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing that's um, so good it's a it's a nice little actually i think this is perfect if anybody kind of likes the sound of what i'm talking about rather than going back and diving into everything which you can do this is a single standalone uh, little mission they're going on. So you would just jump in and listen and see if yeah, you like it. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it plays so quickly. I mean, you can listen to the episodes back to back to back. And again, it's like a radio drama, like an audio book again that... It, it, it plays I remember listening to uh, Agatha Christie novels uh, as radio dramas and it reminds me a lot of that it's it's a lot of fun so yeah check it out Ghostbusters Resurrection uh, also just so you guys know we don't have a Patreon because you can pay me all you want and I can't cut any faster so um, <laughs> I mean you're, you're welcome to send send me money but I just uh, it's not gonna help so it's not, um, it's not the first time I've stolen uh, Dana the Dana Gould our podcast's uh, slogan which is free and worth it <laughs> and worth it yeah so uh if you want to donate money you're more than welcome to but uh we we don't have a patreon or a paypal or any of that yeah. kind of stuff so buy us a beer someday i think yeah, that goes buy much us a further beer. and and if you see our our wonderful sponsors like mr ron daniels uh give give him a big hug and be like hey man thanks for for helping keep the lights on for the cross rip but exactly he's doing the heavy lifting everybody else if you live like in weird parts of the world or even states because i'm in canada and you want to mail us Ghostbusters stuff, I would not say no. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, pay yeah. us in merch. Pay us in swag. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, um, but again, don't feel obligated. You guys don't have to pay us anything. We love doing this. I love talking to you, Chris. It, it helps every week, especially after reading articles like that one in The Hollywood Reporter. I feel a lot better than when we started recording tonight, so thank you for that, sir. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just keep doing this. We'll work through it together. It'll be fine. <laughs> this The world's crappiest uh, support group. Yeah, exactly. It's just you and I, buddy. You and I. But uh, all right, until next week when you and I get together and we chat more Ghostbusters, we'll see you guys all on the other side. Who you gonna call? We got Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. Visit us at protoncharging.com, 
GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. They used to be one of my two favorite shows. You're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmasters. Everything you're doing is bad. I want you to know this. You truly scare me. I just want to let you know that. Next week, though, Careless Pets. Weird. I crap bigger than you. <laughs>